It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college football edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor. We continue reviewing spring practices for area college football teams. Up next, the University of Cincinnati. And Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal talks about how the spring is gone. And our guy Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com joins us to talk some uh, UC football. Of course, we usually speak in UC basketball, but previewing the, the spring games and the springs for area teams. Um, Chad, um, not finishing with a spring game per se, finishing with a with an open practice on Saturday, April 14th at, at Nippert at 11.30 in the morning. Um, no matter how you do this, though, um, the spring is an important time whether you end it with a game or not. Uh, what, what was UC looking to accomplish, looking to accomplish this spring, and, and what have they accomplished to this point? Um, I think a lot of it was getting, the, as we you know talked about in the past, the roster is still very young. Um, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, Luke Fickle guys, guys that are brought in in that uh, initial class when he was hired and then in the, the 2017 class um, that are, you know, guys like Malik Van that are already on campus. You're, you want to get those guys in, get them as much reps, get them worked up to two deep as much as possible. And so you can start evolving into that full, you know, what the Luke Fickle era is going to be like. You didn't, you know, and when you're working so much with, with guys from the other staff, it doesn't necessarily maybe fit exactly what you want to do. So this was a lot about the young guys and just getting reps and getting them on the field and, and, you know, getting them accustomed to things. I think I told you, I got a chance to do a couple of, of TV games with the league band played uh, his senior year of high school and, um, I think you and I had talked, and I, I said, I, I think he's got a chance to play right away. Now, some of that obviously is because it's a young roster and, and, and you're just trying to infuse whatever talent you can. But but from all indications, um, he's been pretty impressive. He, he already has a, a Division One body coming out of high school, which a lot of kids just don't have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he's a grown man already, and, and not just physically, but mentally. I, I don't know how – if you got a chance to talk to him at any of those games. Yeah. But... He's incredibly mature beyond his years and just has a calm sense about him. The, the interesting thing with him, and this shows how much they want to get him on the field, um, he initially started at defensive tackle, and that's probably their strongest unit, especially on defense, uh, with Cortez Broughton and Malik Copeland, uh, Marquise Copeland, um, already entrenched as senior starters, and then a couple guys behind them that are pretty quality too. So what you've seen is after maybe a week and a half at defensive tackle, he moved to defensive end where he played in high school. And he's already on the two deep at defensive end. So um, if they want to get him on the field, they, they want to make sure, you know, a, a guy like him is not wasted with a redshirt year if there's an opportunity to, to find him some playing time. And the good thing about Malik is, you know, in practice he's going to earn it and he's going to go out there and do the work, and that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. And, and and again, you're not looking at a kid to, to physically mature a whole lot more to to succeed and and uh, can certainly maybe help right away. And it was important, obviously, getting him into the school as an early enrollee. On top of it, let's jump to quarterback because that that uh, seems to be a, a a big point, I guess, of contention. Where do where do they stand? And 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 obviously, this spring and, and spring football for a lot of times is huge for the quarterback position, even if it's a guy coming back. Um, it's a it's a big position. Where do things stand at the quarterback position, and how much of of it is still in flux, maybe heading into the fall? Well, I mean, I, I think you have to feel like, and I know UC fans are going to get mad at me for this, but 
you have to feel like Hayden Moore is his job until somebody takes it from him. Right. Um, yes, he's had his issues, but he's also worked with a different offensive coordinator every year. For you know, this will be the first time that since his redshirt or his redshirt freshman year that he's had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row. And you know, he's a fifth-year senior. He, he started a lot of games. Yes, he does some things that make you scratch your head and wonder what the heck is going on, but he was by far the most consistent guy throughout the spring to date. Um, he didn't miss a week. with a, He took a helmet off the elbow uh, and missed a week. But, you know, it's interesting because all the talk now, Ross Trail has not been at practice this week. All right. indications are that Ross Trail is going to transfer. That leaves uh, Jake Sopko, who would be a, very much a long shot to take – you know, any snaps this season. Redshirt freshman Desmond Ritter, who the staff is very, very high on, and then true freshman Ben Bryant. You would Bryant throws clearly the best ball of the bunch, but you would have to think you want to get him a redshirt year just to get him accustomed to college. Yes, it, it, it's it's curved some by the fact that he's here in the spring. He's out there for spring practice, so he's doing some adjustment now. Uh, but it, it would feel like to me – this is a Hayden Moore Desmond Ritter battle for the 2018 season, and unless Desmond Ritter goes out and you know wins the job, takes the job from Hayden Moore, you have to think it's going to be Hayden Moore until uh, otherwise seen. But part of me believes that Ritter's going to have every chance to do that, and he gives them such a different dynamic because he can make plays with his legs. Uh, there's been multiple times this spring skinny where. He'll pull the ball in on a read option, take it out of the running back's belly, and next thing you know, he's 25, 30 yards downfield. Um, and that's just an element that they don't have in their offense right now. And he's got a really good arm, throws a, a fantastic deep ball. Just got to work on the intermediate stuff and consistency. But that's going to be a fun battle to watch as we get into the summer because they – really, they rotated reps between the quarterbacks all spring to, to kind of get a feel for – exactly what they had from top to bottom in that in that position room. Once the summer hits you know, and we get to fall camp, I think you're going to see those two guys really battle it out as the one and two. It, it is funny. I think Hayden Moore is probably cursed right by that 500-yard passing game against, against yeah. Memphis early in his career because you say, oh, wow, he can do that kind of a thing. But, you know, you, you look at his numbers from last year, Chad, and, and the completion percentage isn't high. It's 56%. Most college quarterbacks should be in the 60% range. Not all are, and there's, there's different reasons for that. But really, 20 touchdowns to nine interceptions, that ratio is not awful. Threw for over 200 yards a game. But, I, but you know, I, I, I do think there's some degree that you're wait, waiting for that Hayden Moore that you saw in that Memphis game, and, and maybe that just never comes about. Well, you have to remember, one reason that that came about, there's two of those wide receivers in the NFL. Another right. one bounced around in the NFL. A fourth one was the all-time reception leader at the school. Uh, and then you had guys like um, uh, Max Morrison and um, – oh, his name is escaping me right now. But they had six wide receivers that were all incredibly, incredibly good. So distributing to them was not as uh, difficult. And, and last year, if you followed along with Bearcat Journal at all, my biggest concern – was that in practice there was no separation. That guys weren't able to get open. And if you're a quarterback and guys can't get open, guess what? It's a pretty big problem. No doubt. So, no, so, no doubt. It, 
And, and there's really there, there was no big play guy either. That, that's the other part. And, and when you don't have that, defenses can very much scheme easily against you. They were playing in a 15-yard box last year. Right. I mean, they there just wasn't any guy that could take the top off the defense. They had to go methodically, and, and that's not a great way to operate as an offense. Now, we have seen them go over the top quite a bit more this spring with success. Um, I think one of the things that's helped that is they've moved Khalil Lewis from the slot to an outside receiver. He's been clearly their best guy since that group graduated. Uh, so over the past three years, now I think you're going to get to see him, you know, really get a chance to make plays on the outside of the defense instead of working in the slot. Um, they're going to have a better group at wide receiver this year. That should instantly help the quarterback. And what should also help the quarterback is you've got sophomores in Jared Dokes and Mike Warren carrying the football. Right. The running game should be very, very good as long as the offensive line holds up. So if it is Hayden Moore, there's going to be a lot more working in his favor uh, than he's had the past two seasons. So there's some hope in that and, and, and being that guy that's in his fifth year. And now you're in your second year with Mike Denbrock. I think it's uh, a huge help and a huge adjustment to move Gino Gadulli to the quarterback coach position. Um, those guys really respond to Gino, and that's obviously the position Gino knows best. Um, so there's some changes, I think, working in their favor. I know people are going to be really frustrated if it is Hayden Moore that wins the job, but right now he's by far, you know, the best and most consistent, reliable guy. You mentioned a couple running backs here, Dokes and Michael Ward, both averaged one average right at six, the other one at 5.9 last year. You know, Mike Boone was was the main ball carrier, although there were, there were some split reps. Um, how much better can and will the running game be? And, and not only those two guys, but what kind of impact can, can Charles McClellan make at running back? Um, Dokes and Warren are, are both strong physical runners. They're both physically, you know, imposing. They're built to play that position. Um, you know, it's funny. Last year, everybody would would bemoan the offensive line for their inability to get the running game going. And then you put Dokes and Warren in, and like you mentioned, they both ripped off six yards of carry. So maybe it wasn't necessarily that the offensive line was poor. It's maybe right. that Mike Boone was, was best served as a role, not strictly as a between-the-tackles running back. Um, you know, that's a role that Warren and Dokes are very accustomed to. They both like contact. Uh, there's highlights out there of them both running over defensive backs, you know, lowering the shoulder and, and putting a hit on guys. Um, I think that bodes very well because, you know, it, when you looked back at last year, it always felt like first and ten became second and nine became third and seven. And and then when you're playing in that box you mentioned, it makes it very difficult to convert third downs. Right. Now, if you, you know, if, if it's first and ten, then second and five, then third and one, you're in a much better position for your quarterback to succeed and for your offense as a whole to succeed. Uh, so I think you'll see a lot more of that. I think, obviously, you know, first being a defensive guy, second being a Big Ten guy all his life, Luke Fickle wants to run the football. Um, and you're going to see that on early downs, especially with those two being your workhorses. Josh McClellan is very interesting because all of the backs they have right now, and they're going to get another one in, in Tavion Thomas from out of Dayton, uh, that signed, you know, it was one of the big coups of the uh, the late signing period for Cincinnati, uh, was originally committed to Oklahoma and, and finds his way to the Bearcats. But he's another guy that's a power between the tackles, you know, strong physical guy. McClellan, 
he played option quarterback in high school, um, won a state title at Clinch County in Georgia, which winning a state title at any level in Georgia is, is good. rather, rather impressive. Um, he's just a shifty uh, – somebody brought up a name the other day that, 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 that made me smile because that's who he could be. It's, uh, it's like a James Brooks. You know, he can make plays out of the backfield, catch on the ball. He can, you can get him in space. And he can just give your offense a little bit of that, that change of pace when you've got guys that are so similar, you know, in the, in the one and the two. Now all of a sudden, on a third down, you can bring McClellan in and maybe hit him on a wheel route or hit him out in the flat and uh, do some different things with him. And another guy that uh, Dokes has been limited all spring because of uh, the shoulder surgery that he had, at the, you know, during the season. From everything I've heard and from talking to Dokes, he, he could go, but they just want to be careful with him. Uh, which obviously is smart. And then Taylor Boos, uh, who's the upperclassman in that room, has also been limited all spring. So basically it's been Mike Warren and Charles McClellan all spring uh, as the two primary ball carriers. McClellan's gotten a lot of reps. He's gotten a lot of experience under his belt. And I think if they decide that they want to have that change of pace guy, you're going to see him on the field as freshman. Yeah. What does it say, and you mentioned getting a kid who had committed to Oklahoma, McClellan had offers from Auburn and LSU and, and others, What's it say maybe that Luke Fickle's getting some guys like that? You're not going to win many battles with Ohio State and Oklahoma and a, and a kid from Georgia who had some SEC offers. What does that say that the inroads maybe he's making and his staff well, is making? One is being smart about it. You know, McClellan, the Auburn offer for him was to play cornerback. Right. And he wanted to play running back. So give him the opportunity to play running back if he comes in and he's what you run at, want at running back. Guess what? He's a running back. If not, Oh, then you move in the corner. <laughs> um, well, and, but, you, and you do see that. For those that don't, you know, you just take that athlete and go, listen, man, it's a crowded spot there. We think you're good, but here's where you might be able to play in the league. And that's the way you convince a kid to do that. Well, you know, the kid, ultimately in those situations, if the kid wants to play running back, he just wants to be given an right. opportunity to play running back. If Cincinnati's going to give him that opportunity, then that makes them a very attractive spot. And if that was a, a Gino Gadoli recruit, Gino did a great job at the time. Gino was the running back coach uh, of selling this kid on. You are, you, you're going to be able to come into this room and be different and, and be able to make your impact because you're not like the other guys that we have. Maybe on Thomas. Is, oh my gosh, skinny. <laughs> that kid, he was at, um, they had an open scrimmage last Saturday at Paul Brown stadium. Right. And he was there with um, with Leonard Taylor, the tight end, um, out of Springfield that they signed. Yeah, who, who actually, and believe it or not, for those who don't know, played quarterback in high school at six six two sixty. Those two kids, like that, for me was the um, the indicator that that this era is going to be different because they don't have dudes that look like that. Like, Correct. Maybe on Thomas is every bit of six foot two, two hundred and twenty five pounds. That's not a run. You know, it's funny, like, when you watch Alabama, you look at them and you go, how are these kids under 21? Correct. They're all genetic freaks. They're all monster human beings. And Luke Fickle's starting to put some of those type of guys on his roster that just you don't – you haven't seen in the past as recruits come to Cincinnati. You know, like everybody talks about Jason Kelsey that came in as a six-foot, 200-pound linebacker and developed into what he developed and became, you know, an, an all-world, all-pro center 
um, mayor of Philadelphia now, and yeah. Jason Kelsey, um, or Connor Barwin, who came in as a thin tight end, and they developed him into what he became. Luke Fickle's bringing in guys that don't need their bodies completely restructured and reshaped uh, in order to make an impact at this level. And Malik Van, another perfect example. Exactly. Um, there's a kid that they recruited as a tight end from Northern Ohio. His name is Dylan O'Quinn. And he's 6'6". Six, six. When they signed him, when he, when he committed, he was 6'6", six, six, about 265, 270 pounds. And um, now he's 6'6", six, six, 295 pounds. That's a huge difference. And a kid that he called the, uh, the his one of his contacts in the recruiting department uh, two weeks ago, and he said, Coach, I think I'm going to need a number in the 70s. I don't. I don't think the, me in the 80s are going to are going to ever happen. That's what happens when you outgrow that number, right? Yeah. Well, this is a kid that uh, my recruiting analyst Shane Kenny went to see him uh, play a high school game. They had him technically technically playing tight end, but he was basically just a, a second tackle. He had eight pancake blocks from the tight end position. Wow! In a high school game, and he, he said he was just he was mauling people, just completely manhandling them across the board. So they're just getting kids that are different than what they their recruiting profile was in the past, and I mean that that's going to accelerate the rebuilding process because you're not two years away from every recruiting class making an impact. Correct, and that's huge. There's there's no question. Um, last question for you. I'm probably putting you on the spot, but if, if there's one guy on each side of the ball that's maybe been the, the biggest surprise or most pleasant surprise, who, who would that be? Um, offense, I would say uh, a redshirt freshman named Trent Cloud, uh, who was a wide receiver from uh, Bedford, Ohio. Um, it's funny because he, he had a lot, of, a lot of notoriety, a lot of hype when he came in <laughs> as a freshman, and people thought he might be able to contribute. Well, came in a little overweight and he just he was one of those guys that was struggling to get separation um against you know quality defensive backs and now there's two or three times every practice you see him running down the sideline with a step uh, and making a big play down the field he, he's probably going to be a second team wide receiver to start the year behind Khalil Lewis and uh Thomas Geddes on the outside but he's a guy that has really made a jump and and kind of made a claim to, I want one of those spots, and I want to be in that wide receiver rotation as a guy that, you know, is going to be able to make a 40, 50-yard play down the field. Uh, defensively, you're the, the, uh, the Bearcat Mamba I'm going to go with. <laughs> what is the Bearcat Mamba? Kobe Bryant. I love it. Okay, I got you. They, they've got a cornerback named Kobe Bryant. Yep, he came yep, in. Yep. He played last year on special teams, and then they played him at safety last year because there wasn't a whole lot of depth at safety. And for the and record, he does, he, he does spell it differently for the record. Yeah, C-O-B-Y yeah, instead okay. of K-O-B-E. C-O-B-Y. Um, they had him at safety last year because you had Lyndon Stevens and Grant Coleman and Davon Pierce, uh, three senior cornerbacks. And there wasn't a whole lot of depth at safety. <laughs> but they've moved him down. He has been, from day one, the, the first-team field corner and has held that spot throughout the spring, has not relinquished it. His brother played for Luke Fickle at Ohio State. Um, so, you know, Luke knew the family and had a good uh, grasp on that relationship. But 
bigger kid, six two or so. Um, you know, not that tiny five nine corner that you worry about. And he's been excellent in coverage. He's really, uh, you know, made some plays and given them a guy that they're very hopeful can be, you know, that difference maker. Again, when you look back at the problems from a season ago, they couldn't get turnovers to save their life. They, you know, the only time you saw them really force a turnover is when a quarterback made a mistake and made a bad read and threw it right to somebody. And, you know, Kobe Bryant is a guy that with his length and athleticism, they're really hoping can, can make a splash there. Uh, the the one B I would say on that would be uh, another sophomore that that came in in that Luke Fickle first recruiting class named Derek Forrest, who has taken all the reps at first team safety. Uh, so two guys that are in their second year in the program. They didn't redshirt. They both played special teams last year because Luke wanted to get them on the field. And now you have a situation where both of them are looking to be starters on you know hopefully uh, an improved defense. Ted, great stuff as always. You can catch uh, all the spring practice reports and, and obviously through uh, through Saturday's uh, final uh, scrimmage, the open scrimmage, 1130 at Nippert and, and through the summer and beyond at BearcatJournal.com. Chad, appreciate it much, man. No problems, Kenny. Talk to you soon. Good deal. Chad, thanks again very much. Uh, just a quick reminder, the, the practice that we talked about that was going to start at 1130 has been changed to 730, 730 to 10 o'clock for that uh, UC spring practice. And also Ross Trail has officially decided to transfer from UC, as Chad alluded he probably was going to. You can see all of that information on Local12.com. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college football edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.